Real quick, before we get into the show, I wanted to share a new service called Getita that Ken and I have been using that has made us over $10,000 in Amazon reimbursements. The service requires no monthly subscription, and Getita collects a small percentage of the money they recover for you. It takes less than five minutes to set up and works on all Amazon marketplaces. Go to getita.com, G-E-T-I-D-A, and enter promo code FTM400. That's FTM for firing the man 400 to get your first $400 in reimbursements commission free. How much money does Amazon owe you? Is entrepreneurs have a tendency of getting so fixated on their dream, getting so caught up in the opportunity, the fear of missing out, whatever it is, that burnout is a constant thing. If you're really growing and pushing that edge, burnout is something that is always kind of like at the edge of your view. We provide value. We create things where nothing was. We create jobs where there wasn't one. We create opportunities that don't exist. We add value to the world. We add so much. But still, it's in the back of our mind. And I I think it exists because everybody that doesn't have that wants it at some degree. And it's easier to say, no, I don't have to work harder. That person's a greedy bastard. When you're starting a business, you need endless information. You need everything. You need you don't know nothing. You know, like you got to figure out LinkedIn. You got to figure out so if you're doing social, you got to figure out podcasts. You got to figure out sourcing. You got to figure out Amazon. You got whatever it is that you are doing. There's like a million things you have to learn. So the name of the game is not focus. <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel like that at least because there's all these have to come together to even begin to get anything moving. Welcome everyone to the Firing the Man podcast, a show for anyone who wants to be their own boss. If you sit in a cubicle every day and know you are capable of more, then join us. This show will help you build a business and grow your passive income streams in just a few short hours per day. And now your hosts, serial entrepreneurs, David Schomer and Ken Wilson. Welcome, everyone, to the Firing the Man podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by Joel Bauer, who is the co-founder and owner of Owning the Edge. Owning the Edge is a high-end consulting and intimate mastermind business, helping established entrepreneurs and executives get personalized advice and training they need to replace cookie-cutter solutions that simply don't work for growing your business. Welcome to the show, Joel. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely. So uh, first things first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so that is, uh, I always, whenever I get this question, I always wonder, where do I start? Because I, I could go all the way back. And I remember when I was a small toddler and <laughs> my first <laughs> memories. But for the entrepreneurial game, it's actually been a, a pretty long journey for me, uh, even in that. I, I got introduced to the concept when I was like 12. My parents, my mom had remarried and my my stepdad, now just my dad, was big into to self-development, into Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Dennis Waitley. Uh, he had cassette tapes and I remember at age 12 being annoyed that we, you know, went from a pretty much a car ride. Every car ride was music to every car ride was Tony Robbins. And <laughs> at first I remember being agitated by that and going, well, where's the music? I want to sing along. And uh, it took about a year or so. And then I stopped saying anything because it started going in. It started sinking in and started setting up kind of a different reality that I started from that point seeing that I could build whatever life I wanted. And without even realizing it, kind of building the life that I wanted had to do with creating a business, having control of my monetary future. And so I've been an entrepreneur, like really in mindset from like that point, I just saw the world that way. 
And I didn't really understand how weird I was until I started getting into high school and college where you actually talk about where you're going, what your dreams are. And I was like, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to lock down this degree and maybe get my master's. And then I'm going to you know, start. I was like, well, I'm going to as soon as I get out of here, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to go into real estate. I'm going to, you know, whatever it was, I just had to get started. And at times felt kind of lonely because it was like it started making me doubt like what I was doing because I, like, I didn't hear any other references for it, really. It was rare. And because of that kind of conflict, I learned to stop talking to certain people about it. Uh, but then when I found later, I found people that were in it with me, I was like all in. I was like, I want to help these people as much as I can because they get me. We're all we're on the same path. And that journey has never stopped, you know. And so I am in high end consulting this day. We have been partners in companies in e-commerce, in uh, major like leadership podcasts all over the place. And I just, I just love the take, helping an entrepreneur like figure out all the stuff like, you know, from early Tony Robbins of self-development and how to build your business and get a life they really want, not just make money, but get a life that they truly want. And I was just, my obsession for me, it's an obsession for my family and every entrepreneur I come in, their their family, because they, they get something the rest of the world doesn't. Now, Joe, I got to ask, and, and yeah. uh, people that identify as an entrepreneur through and through, Typically, they have a first venture in their childhood, you know, yeah. a lemonade stand, mowing grass. You know, <laughs> mine was sweet corn. Uh, what, what was your first entrepreneurial business? So I was, I think, around 10. And my sister started making these bracelets where they, they, they would wrap the strings and braid, braid it. And it was pretty quick that I, I said, oh, maybe we could sell these because these take a while to make. And I, I like, tried making one myself, but I want nothing to do with that. I started getting, I asked them if they could make a bunch for me. And then I went door to door and actually offered to them to families to, like for their kids. And I just remember, cause it was the funniest scene. I have, I kind of set up it like now looking back, it's funny. It's like a little sweatshop in the back, like in my, the side of my parents' house. And I've got both my sisters like making bracelets and I'm, I'm like, oh, we got more orders and you know, just this demand of keep flowing through. But yeah, it was, it was very clear that I wanted to play a different game than most people. So Joel, I had the privilege of of being in a mastermind with you in 2019. I was in a, I was a, a member, and you were chairing the mastermind. And yeah. as I was sitting there and kind of just absorbing everything, you know, how we were kind of going around the room, and you were and you were kind of analyzing everybody's problems, and then just kind of facilitating a a, a way for them to get unstuck. And yeah. I thought that was I, I had never seen that before, and I thought that was amazing. So. I guess uh, what led you to to helping other people get unstuck? Like, like to me, that's kind of like your superpower. You know, it's like so. Yeah. What 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 point did you realize? Oh wow! Like this is what I like to do, and this is my my passion. Well, in that it's kind of one of those things. Like a lot of the skills you have usually come up because of necessity. And I, I talk about that love I had for other entrepreneurs. I wanted to do when I started realizing that people like me existed. I wanted to do everything to be valuable to them. And one of the things that I had is a lot of background in self-development. I mean, basically, I had an education that most people don't have in a lifetime before the time I was 20. And so I started just provided like I didn't maybe know business and I was finding trying to find mentors there and trying to grow that. But I wanted to understand it and I wanted to understand them. So what kept coming up is that, yeah, maybe I couldn't help them understand the next level for their business yet. 
but I could help them understand how to get out of their own way, how to feel better about what they were doing, how to enjoy the process. And so I was bringing to bear everything I learned about really just like owning your life and not just having it, you kind of kicked around and knocked around by other people's beliefs or, you know, your ups and downs. Everybody has them, you know, you can translate them to, you should stop doing that thing because it's going to create a lot of pain or you can keep moving. And so by doing that, I was just always trying to enter into a relationship with someone and then trying to understand their world. So I could see what I could give them, what I could help them with, what I could do to move them forward. So, Joel, as you're establishing these relationships, I'm sure that you've seen some success stories. But, and we've had a lot of success stories on the show. However, I am more interested in what are some like common pitfalls or failures that you're seeing and what can we do to avoid those? <laughs> I This is one I fall into all the time and I'll give it because I... I tackle it like crazy because it's so important is entrepreneurs have a tendency of getting so fixated on their dream, getting so caught up in the opportunity, the fear of missing out, whatever it is that burnout is a constant thing. If you're really growing and pushing that edge, burnout is something that is always kind of like at the edge of your view. (laughs) And it, it, it takes a lot of work and concentration to make sure that you are not leading towards that path. And some of the core things I see in that is, if you don't know where you're really going, like vividly know where you're going, then it's hard. You get, it's easy to go, oh, well, maybe this will take me there. Oh, maybe that will take me there. Or maybe that will take me there. When you get really vivid on what you're looking for. So I, we had a conversation uh, with Ken was talking about taking a month off and he was like, oh, maybe it's a maybe that I want. And as I started like explaining it to him, is like, if you know what you want monetarily and you want a month off, you got to start solving that problem. That's not that's not a new thing. And so entrepreneurs, a lot of times, will separate everything. It's like, I just need to make a million million dollars, and then the overwhelm will go away. You know, I'll just, if I get to this point, then my family will finally, I'll have time for them. And it never comes because we're not getting crystal clear. What do we want our life to look like? What do we want our world to look like? And are we building that? Opportunities are not, you know, are, are not limited. They are abundant. The right ones are limited. <laughs> you have to look at them and be conscious of that. What am I looking for? What do I want? So if you do that, overwhelm doesn't seem to knock at you because you're actually motivated by what you're doing. You're seeing it become a reality. That, that creates a cycle where you get fed by what you're doing. And so if you can get clear on that, I, I think that's one of the most common things that I see people just burn out, give up, kill a, you know something that's important to them because they didn't quite ask for what they wanted. And that that confusion will create that. But burnout is one of the toughest things I see on entrepreneurs because there's a certain point. If you get so deep, it's really hard to dig back out. They just, you know, it's like hard to pull that emotional energy back out and feel good again. (laughs) And so I just, I warn any entrepreneur, if you're starting to feel that there is something wrong in your system, it's not, you didn't hustle hard enough. (laughs) There's something going on you don't like. There's something that you're not clear on what you want. You're maybe doing what everybody else wants you to do or what you think the industry says you have to do. And that's just not, that's rarely true. (laughs) There are so many ways to get to, to success. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. I 
I want to dive a little deeper on this this topic of burnout, yeah. and I think it's definitely relevant uh, or more relevant to one entrepreneurs and two people that are involved in e commerce. And 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 the reason for that is yeah. if you have an eight to five job, right? You come in at eight, you leave at five. For an entrepreneur, it never seems to end. And I have not met very many entrepreneurs that that get a solid eight hours of sleep every night. 365 days a year. There is something that plagues you as an entrepreneur. You know, you get that idea at night. And the second thing, why I think this is relevant to e-commerce is because we can do everything from our laptop. So say it's Sunday morning, you wake up, you have all the tools that you need to be productive for four or five hours. And all of a sudden you've missed your Sunday, you know, a family day. And, And that's different from somebody that say paints houses. Right. You got to get in the truck. You got to have a place to go. You have to have your paint. And it, it is so easy for us to slip into answering emails at 9 p.m. And uh, at midnight, you're like, hey, where where did the last three hours go? So what are some things that entrepreneurs can do, you know, on a daily basis that will help with the, the burnout? Yeah. The, one of the first things entrepreneurs need to learn that even when they're solopreneurs, they're not alone. They can't be. I mean, to get to the higher heights, like entrepreneurs aren't like, I want to kind of get by and have a mom and pa shop and hopefully I'll make some money. They're not just trying to cover the bills. They're trying to build something. There's something in them that like, I want something big. I want something amazing. And you just have to understand that's not going to happen, you know, by yourself. And the reason I warn that is because the way we get to a decent level or the beginnings of success is we do it all. We Everything that comes up, every problem is solved by us and then solved by our blood, sweat, and tears and the actual performance of that, whatever solution we came up with. And so it's like every time we go and we see these barricades to where we want to go, we just add a new job because we solve it. And then, okay, well, now we got to do the work. Entrepreneurs need to start thinking, even from the beginning, you have to start developing that team. And that doesn't mean pay them. You know, sometimes it's trades of service. Sometimes it's just being aware that you need to get out of this position and build it in a way that someone can step into it. And I, I just like, that's going to be the first thing. You cannot do it all. You shouldn't do it all. And in many ways, you're in the damn way, <laughs> you know, after you're getting some success. But we don't want to give up the mantle either because it's tough. You know, I don't know if you've ever uh, watched somebody play a video game that you're really good at. And they suck at it. And you're just like, oh, my God, give me that controller. And entrepreneurs, man, we feel that at the highest level because it's not only a video game. It's our baby. And you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and you're going to upset somebody. Or I can't believe you would write that email. And, <laughs> you know, and so we want to snag that back. And we don't give anybody else even a chance to perform in our business or to learn to or to, to go back and forth with us so we can learn. Hey, maybe they've got skills we don't have. And there's something better between us you know, that isn't just us by ourselves. But that ego piece that that I do it all, I've made it happen, I can make it happen faster is one of the biggest hindrance from entrepreneurs actually growing their business to a way in a way that allows them to have a life too. And it's tough. It's a different job. I'll tell you, like, it's like, okay, I did it myself. And I learned all these skills and I'm good at them and practicing for years. And then suddenly you got to manage someone. And immediately, you're just not good at it. I've never seen an entrepreneur come out on the first day they hire someone, they were like a brilliant manager, unless they had some experience somewhere else. And so they have to get the skill of how do you get someone to understand your vision? How do you get them to share your vision and your care for what you're building? It's your business. You become a millionaire, they get a salary. Or they get trades of service or, you know, maybe they get a very measly reward at the beginning because that's all the money you have is that one out task. 
but you need to learn that skill. You need to learn that ability. That is the biggest way to stave off burnout is that you're not alone. Don't do it alone. <laughs> Even early when you have to, because of financial time, start thinking through it. Maybe you can bring a family member in. Maybe you have enough to like share in the profits with somebody. Find some way to, to work with people. Nice. Now, Joe, before we move on from burnout, I'd like to dig a little bit on that one because I yeah. think burnout is a really, really big topic for entrepreneurs. And the first two years of my journey was a grind, an absolute grind. And then last year was the first year that I, I, I worked on goals and rewards. Can you kind of explain that 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 uh, uh, feedback reward cycle and, and how it plays into mindset? Yeah, absolutely. So, again, I mean, entrepreneurs are doing it all. And our, you know, we're trying to build this dream. And so generally what happens, we start wanting to put everything back in, you know, we make some money and was like, oh, good, then let's get more inventory. Okay, we have some money. I mean, we'll pay for an ads, a Facebook ads guy, you know, <laughs> we start, we start wanting to like have the money go back to building the business and we take very, very little of it. And that can work for a while, but at a certain point, there's needs and wants you have. There's desires, like there's this life that you, you started this all for. And if you never get a taste you know, if you never get to feel like, man, I'm getting for, I'm moving forward. And that, that can be little subtle things like, I don't know, buying yourself the smartphone you want, you know, all the way up to doing the vacation you want. But if you look at it and you look at your rewards or your, your goals for the year, and you have these big goals and you want to make a lot of money and you don't have some way of like seeing, okay, when I get that, I actually get a reward back that says, go, keep going, keep going. It's good. We're getting what we want. And there's all kinds of reasons for that. I'll talk a little bit about the stoppage. There's a lot of guilt, <laughs> you know, that around gifting yourself something. There's so much guilt around money and the way people talk about entrepreneurs is like, we, you know, obviously we must be these greedy bastards that just want to like, you know, hoard all the money. We, we sacrifice our family. We don't care about anything. And it's nothing could be like more untrue in what I've seen in most entrepreneurs we provide value. We create things where nothing was. We create jobs where there wasn't one. We create opportunities that don't exist. We add value to the world. We add so much, but still it's in the back of our mind. And I, I think it exists because everybody that doesn't have that wants it at some degree. And it's easier to say, no, I don't have to work harder. That person's a greedy bastard. <laughs> you know, I don't have to have one more. And since it's societal, we don't get, we don't really think, we don't get a choice until we, we look at it and say, no, that's not my thinking. It just goes in. It's just little subtle things. You see these movies and it's like, well, the lesson is this guy was working real, like really hard to create this thing, but look, he was a monster. He avoided his family. And it like, there's plenty of people that build business and don't like ignore their family. <laughs> it happens all the time. You know, it's actually more common than that image, but we see over and over and over again in movies. So when it gets down to, it and you start making some of that money and you're like, oh, maybe I should upgrade my house or maybe I should get a nicer car or maybe I should just get a freaking toy or a vacation or, you know, something else. There's like this, oh, but what will other people think? What will they think about me? And I'm flaunting all this wealth. So it's easier for us to stay pretend humble and just shove it down. And But what's the point? If you're not getting the life that you, you declared that you wanted, then what are you doing it all for? Joel, to pick up on this goal reward process, what was the last goal that you set and how did you reward yourself? Yeah, so um, I'll actually tell you the one I have for this year. So this year, it's really important for us that we get what we're calling an A-plus team. 
And what is coming about that is already insane. Like, I mean, the team is coming together in amazing ways. I show up in meetings and things I didn't even know were happening are done. Not just <laughs> let's talk about them and maybe I task it out. They're done. And I, I just this dream of having this team where they love what they do so much. They believe so much in the people that we serve and the mission that we're on that they are inspired by themselves to move forward, to grow, to learn, to get better at their trade. So much so that I want to get better because, I, you know, I don't want to get behind. <laughs> you know, I don't want to, you know, I, I want to be inspired them too. And that, that playoff is so important to me because I think that's where we get to next levels. I can't be responsible for every decision in my business. I got to go to the next level. So for me, the reward is we're actually looking at a Disney World trip, depending on COVID and people's enjoyment of wearing a mask at Disney World. When we get to the certain size and then we hit our, you know, our financial metric as well, like those things combined, we unlock a Disney World trip. And we'll actually go for 10 days and, you know, be there as a team. I don't know if it's, I don't know what the mix is exactly because my family's going to want some days by ourselves as well. But something like that, that really allows us to go and celebrate it, to enjoy it, to, to remind ourselves that there's a life beyond the keyboard, you know, <laughs> that there is, there's actually a world out there. I love it. I love it. Sorry to interrupt the episode. You may have heard Ken and I talking recently about a new tool that we're using for Amazon refunds. Now I have used other refund tools like this. However, I can tell you in the first seven days, they scrubbed the back end of my Amazon account going back 18 months and found $5,000 of refunds. And the nice thing about this is it's my money. Amazon made a mistake and they are just auditing my account. The other thing I really like about this tool is there is no monthly fee. They only charge a commission if they are successful in getting you your money. Go to getida.com, G-E-T-I-D-A, and enter promo code FTM for firing the man. FTM 400. This is an awesome tool. Can't say enough good things about it. Now back to the episode. So Joel, we'll take a step back now. So a, uh, a lot of, some of the listeners to the show are, or they might not have started a business yet, or they might be in month one or three. What, what advice would you give to yourself? Let's say you're just starting a business and in terms of mindset, like what you're going to go through in the first six months and, and, and what should you, you know, what, what kind of tips and tricks should you tell yourself and, or be prepared for to, to overcome any, you know, the first six months or a year of an entrepreneurial journey? Um, the first thing is stop listening to people who haven't accomplished what you're looking for. You can, you can, you can hear them. You can respect their opinion, but it's their opinion. If they have not done it, I, I always like to put it back to like something more obvious. If I am getting relationship advice from someone who's gone through three divorces, I should probably stop. <laughs> you know, I should probably go get it from anybody else almost <laughs> other than the warnings of what did you do? I'll not do that. Thanks. And we, but in our business, it's all the time. It's like our father-in-law can speak on it or the, the weird uncle can speak on it. You know, our, our wife who's not really committed to it. You know, she doesn't really understand it. It's different. She should speak on it. Yes, she should get votes in your life and where you guys are going, but she doesn't know if it works or not. She doesn't know what it takes. And if it, you know, if it was reversed and it was a female entrepreneur, same thing. Her husband doesn't really understand and so I just be very careful of people that are coming in and giving you advice about what you should do or if it's going to work or can it be successful. If they do not have that success, then they do not know because it's not like if we look around, I mean, one thing, if they said, oh no, that thing doesn't work. And you look around and nobody's ever made it happen. 
yeah, that's pretty stupid, you know, or genius innovation. I have no idea. You know, it's one of those two. But for most of us, it's like, I want to start an e-commerce. Oh, yeah, nobody's making money in e-commerce. Oh, wait, yeah, there's plenty of people. I just don't talk to many of them. And so I just I think the first thing is kind of protect your beliefs about what's possible by paying attention to who's created it, not to those who haven't. And I mean, that'll save you a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked a lot of it. Uh, so that's, that saying is, uh, if you want to get some more, find someone that's been there and ask them how to do it. That's yeah. kind of the same, same thing. That's, that's awesome. I also love that advice. You know, I heard this the other day and I cannot place my finger on where it was, but somebody was talking about as humans, we are just seeking primates, right? From an evolutionary standpoint, yeah. we're always seeking validation and man, I'm guilty of that. I care what my father-in-law thinks, right? Right? In in those, man, those little comments that you hold on to weeks after the fact, and that's a great point. You know, hey, if you have not started a business or are involved in e-commerce, man, I'm really not interested in what you have to say about this topic. Yeah. And not and dogma so, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and and so I that's a that is a good reminder because I think yeah. everybody. As a validation-seeking monkey, you know, that is built into you. And so that is a good reminder. I really like that. I'll extend that because there's actually one person that's actually worse than anybody else, and that's ourselves. We are freaking mean. (laughs) And again, if we have not accomplished something we can look out at the world and see has been accomplished numerous times before, we we don't have the right to speak on that as dogmatic. So we need to understand when we're saying, oh, man, I, I, I'm going to screw it up. What if I never do? What if I wasted that money? You know, we have to go get and seek the, the opinions of people who have made it happen, even from our to protect us, even from ourselves. And that's why I think the other people hit so hard is because we're 10 times meaner to ourselves. Oh, I knew I was I was just kidding myself that I could make this happen. You know, the stuff I hear from entrepreneurs early on before they've gotten that first hit of success is just and well, actually, well beyond that, too. But definitely in that area, you hear the most of it. And it's just they're really mean to themselves. <laughs> so absolutely. You know, Joe, one thing I've made note of that you have talked about is family. And that really resonates with me. I have a son that's one year old. Ken is a family man himself. As we have organized this podcast, family first. If there's ever anything that has to do with family, that comes first. This is secondary. And, you know, I'm thinking back to about a year ago, I was in Las Vegas at SellerCon. It was probably two years ago now. And somebody had a mug that said, I'm self-employed. That means I get to pick which 80 hours per week I work. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, you know, you see that often in the entrepreneurial world where people wear that as a badge of honor. And, and I am, you know, family is my number one priority. And so I always like to ask other entrepreneurs, you know, what are you doing in your own life? That is a top priority. How are you balancing things? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I do things a little bit differently than most. I, I'm not always looking at it as like a clean cut and then here's family time and here's work time. I want my family to share in my life all the way through. I want them to know my ups and downs. I want them to know about my career, just like I want to support them in whatever they choose is their thing. And the way that's worked out is my wife is a partner in our business. My daughter, who just turned 18, is working with our social media team. My son, who's 14, is getting his chops uh, cutting videos for us. He does 3D graphic artist or artwork on his own. And so to me, it's like my family is in my life. I don't care where it is. I, I want to share that with them. 
Now, they may not want to do that long term, and I'm totally aware of that. I'm, I'm constantly looking what's lighting them up, what's exciting them, because I want to be part of the mission they want to have, you know, for, for them as they grow and, and, you know, they kind of expand. And so a lot of times is I'm just, I, I kind of, I guess I have to watch when I'm mixing too much because I see my, my partners as family, you know, and we're all in this together. And it's been a really amazing thing. And so the first thing is share. I share everything. I share the victories. I share what I'm worried about. They're not like, I'm not alone in the room and they're like, why is he so grumpy today? They know why, you know, <laughs> they know exactly what happened. I'm like, I can't believe this happened. I, you know, I messed this thing up or whatever it is, but they also know where I'm going. They know what it means. And I remember one of my earliest conversations with my daughter, and I think this will actually bring out the advice that actually is a takeaway that most entrepreneurs can use. My daughter uh, would come into the room and she wanted to show me something. And she wanted to show me something like every three minutes. And I am I'm having a horrible time. I was about to lose this contract that was super important. It was like, at that time, like a half our revenue. <laughs> it was a big contract for where we were. And she keeps popping in. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to answer the phone. And I'm trying. And I, I just finally, you have to, you have to go. I, you know, and I'm going to try, like in the middle of the thing is ringing. And it, I could just see her heartbreak. And mine did too. Like, I'll just take a second there. <laughs> and my heart broke because I was like, I didn't, that's not what I want. And I like, I'm sitting here and the person starts talking because the phone came through and I'm just, I can't say anything. And I find, I just kind of get up and the person's still talking to me and I, I just slowly, I, I kind of close the door and I just take a second and the person's still talking, hello, hello, you know? And so I finally regained myself and had that conversation or had that phone call. And I went and found my daughter immediately. And I said, Hey, I, I, I got to explain something because I, I think I think you think I do this in conflict with you or against you or like I, that I don't want to spend time or see what you, I, I want to see it more than anything in the world. But when I'm there, I want to see it. I don't want to be halfway in. So here's what I'm doing. What I do in, in my work is I want to build a future for you. I want to build a future for all of us where a lot of the opportunities I didn't get growing up or the life that I could live, I didn't get. And I'm going to make sure that's never the issue for us. But what I'm going to do is I'll let you know, I'll, I'll put something on the door when I'm in that's work time. But as soon as that comes down, I'm coming to you and everything changed. She would leave, she'd leave little sticky notes on the door and like and sneak off. So she wouldn't bother me. And ever since then, it's just been, I, I share if we have a new logo design or a new brand or a new client that I'm excited about. I, I like brag about some of the exciting people I get to talk to on a regular basis. And she's just part of it now. And so I, I think communicate what it really means. They don't understand just because you have all these rules inside your head. Like I'm the provider and I've got to make this happen for my family. And each one of these deals matters. And they don't know that, <laughs> you know, that was your life. They haven't been aware <laughs> during that time. That was all the stuff you learned. And so if you can take a second, figure out what, why are you doing it? How is it connected to them? How can they be part of it and tell them? <laughs> and, and sometimes it's a selfish thing. Sometimes like I just need this because I feel like I'm a badass when I do it. Like that's just, that's an ego thing. And you're going to get those too when you have kids, you know, you're going to have moments for you <laughs> and that's totally cool. And so, but communication, uh, really getting them to understand, not just saying it at them, but really like getting that back and forth, getting them to repeat it. And that's your, that's your, your significant other. That's your friends. That's, like whoever is part of your ongoing support, you know, your life, as if you will, just really give them the respect of telling you what it means to you, really, and what it, what, how it does connect, if it does, to them. So nice, yeah. That that's uh, really that was really powerful, and yeah, like like 
it kind of, you know, family is like the, the structure and the power behind that and kind of looping that into what you're doing every day is, is uh, yeah, powerful. So Joel, that kind of brings me into the, the next thing here I want to cover is another thing that's powerful or uh, masterminds. And so I, I, there's some people that might not know what a mastermind is. I've got friends that I, t- I say like, Hey, I, you know, I went to this mastermind. They're like, uh, what the hell's that? So <laughs> let's, let's uh, dial it back a little bit. Can you explain what a mastermind is? And then can you kind of explain or, or like talk about owning the edge in, in your project? Yeah, absolutely. So masterminds are when a group of people focused on a single topic or single idea at one time come together. So you'll see it a lot. Like the original uh, beliefs, uh, I, I think the ideas around it came from Think and Grow Rich, the Napoleon Hill book where he would actually build imaginary masterminds and imagine people, key people that he values, that he respected. And he would pose his problem to this imaginary room of like Abraham Lincoln and Dale Carnegie or, you know, know, what's the other guy? Andrew Carnegie. And he would just imagine these people and he would pose the question. And then from what he thought they would do, he would get different answers than himself, you know? And so, but that bridge kept going until getting the people that, you know, the people that are good at what that is all around you, all solving the same problem or solving a similar type. So if I was doing a lot of masterminds you see now are around business a lot of the times and, or a type of business like e-commerce or, or something like that or funnel building or whatever it is. And so what happens is everybody comes in and each person kind of shares their what they're going through, their problem, their concern. And the other people basically bring in their knowledge, their experience that's vast combined to solve that problem, to get to a solution, to, to move it forward. I think it is one of the most powerful ways that successful businesses grow faster is because when you're starting a business, you need endless information. You need everything. You need, you don't know nothing. You know, like you got to figure out LinkedIn. You got to figure out. So if you're doing social, you got to figure out podcast. You got to figure out sourcing. You got to figure out Amazon. You got whatever it is that you are doing. There's like a million things you have to learn. So the name of the game is not focus. <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel like that at least because there's all these have to come together to even begin to get anything moving. Well, at a certain point, the business keeps growing and we still try to collect information like that. We still try to collect everything. But the truth is, there's usually one thing, maybe two things, max, that if you do those, if you understand the nature of that project, your business will change and your focus completely on that will make it happen sooner. You know, and many times just the focus is the difference between actually succeeding in that or not. You know, if you're kind of half paying attention and sort of getting it moving along, that project usually will stretch for months until you're like so not lit up anymore. Whatever motivated you originally is no longer active. And you're like, oh, now I'm just... And I'm just doing all this work that I hate. And, but when you focus on something and you have all these, especially expert opinions and other experience going, Hey, I, I was in the same problem. This is what I did. And you go, wow, I'll just do that exact same thing. You get focus to move your business to the next level. And so when you've grown your business and I, I think it's valuable at any level because there's a shared experience element, find people that like, maybe you're in a startup phase and find other people that are doing that startup thing because they all get each other. And maybe this person's learning how to set up funnels. That one's learning Facebook ads and you can bring all that together. I think it's really cool. But the, the most powerful ones I've seen are that higher end businesses. Businesses are starting to take off and they need that focus. And they need that, like, that support and understanding that other people are testing things that they, you know, with their own blood, sweat and tear that they can bring to you. And so absolutely powerful thing. We are running a brand, owning the edge. And right before COVID, it was a brand around a live 
it was experiential retreat style masterminds. And so it would be like tropical locations and stuff and really high end entrepreneurs all come together, part, enjoy the hell out of where we are and get serious about our business. And, uh, a week later, <laughs> uh, the lockdowns all started happening. So right now owning edge is going, had kind of rebranded actually not right now, this whole year, last year we rebranded and we are now, we are going to have high end masterminds, but not yet. Right now, we are going after really helping entrepreneurs scale their successful businesses without sacrificing their family and the life that they truly want. There's so much pain there. We're ready to go after it. And I think it's a wake up right now because people got forced home. You know, people that used to go to the office every day and like they didn't really have to deal with that struggle of like their family pressure on them. Now there's like pings all day. The same experience I had when my daughter kept coming in it. You know, it's it's tough, <laughs> you know, and now I don't know how many people are in that situation. They're still trying to grow their business. They're still trying to be at the next level. But now they're just in a, they're behind one door with a Zoom call on, you know, <laughs> like and that that's so unusual to them. So their wife is being in them, their husband, their, fa- their family, you know, they're. When you don't go to an office or you don't go somewhere, you're, you know, your relatives already believe that you don't work. You know, you can do whatever you want, so you must not work. You know, like, <laughs> no, no, no. Freedom of schedule doesn't mean freedom from work. It's completely different. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what we're doing now. And we're moving forward on that project uh, really heavy. We're building technologies and tools in the background that get people through those and still scale their business. I don't want you to give up on your baby. That's insane. Like, how many times like we believe it's like, oh, well, if uh, you really cared about your family, you wouldn't work at all. Yeah, then pay the bills. Go ahead. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> you know, good luck. Uh, but we can build businesses that open up more time with our family and are set up in a way where they don't they can grow without us. And that's why I was, you know, that A team I was talking about. I'm so excited about that because there will be a point where more and more people come into our organization and th- this is their place to grow. And as they do, they expand and provide more to the people we serve. And, you know, it's a very exciting time because it changes my role. I used to think of myself as kind of the the crusading knights. I fought every challenge. I got my sword out. I was on the front lines, whatever it was. I was, and now I'm kind of seeing myself as a sovereign king, like the, the person that's really looking at, and I want the kingdom to succeed. I want it to be better than it was. And that's my role. That's the value I add through my company and through the people we serve. Excellent. Very, very nice. I uh, I am looking forward to uh, at one point being a, a guest at, at one of these high end masterminds if I even meet the criteria. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's are, some agility uh, tests that we'll have to go through, but once you break through those, it's usually clear sailing. So <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. So we are going to a new section of our show called the Pro Tip Off. And I'd like to pivot a little bit here. You have mentioned self-improvement. And, and I, I will tell you, I am a self-improvement book junkie. I always, if you look through my Audible playlist, that's all there is. And so I'd like to play a little game called Popcorn, where I'm going to tell you a self-improvement book and just a, a quick elevator pitch for why I like it. And I'd like to bounce back and forth a little bit and, and hear what what books have been very monumental in your development. So to kick things off, four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss, that got me comfortable with outsourcing. All right, popcorn over to you, Joel. Uh, Road Less Stupid. It told me how to actually be aware of my financials to get to the next level, to make decisions with them, not just be overwhelmed by the numbers. I like it. I, th- and I'm going to add that one to my list. My next one is uh, The Lean Startup by Eric Reese. This, to me, introduced the concept of a minimum viable product and made me realize as an entrepreneur, it doesn't have to be perfect on launch day. 
because you don't even know if someone's going to buy it. And that has been, you know, that simple lesson out of that book has, has carried with me. Awesome. Yeah. What about what about you? Popcorn back. Uh, and can jump in here anytime. Yeah, you go, Ken. It's your turn. <laughs> All right. Actually, I'm going to go look at my books because yeah, I, I have to spin around here. You put me on the spot. Uh, buy, then build. Yes. That, uh, that one there, buy, then build kind of was eye-opening to me in terms of online business acquisitions and the $2 trillion tsunami of the next decade. That was uh, eye-opening. Awesome. Um, the entire Russell Brunson's trilogy, dot-com secrets all the way through. Absolutely incredible. The man is a master and he studied the geniuses of our time in marketing, like seriously looked at what they did. People like Dan Kennedy and even farther back. But, you know, Dan Kennedy was already a student of everybody. <laughs> and then Brunson became the number one student of Dan Kennedy and then added all of his own understanding of the modern world. And it just powerful. If you really want to understand how money's made online, that's how you do it. All right. I, I, I'm, again, adding those to my list, and I'll do one more. I'll kick it over to you, Ken, and then we'll go into the fire round. My last one is Master of the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Perfect. And I'll tell you what, the guy is the goat in, in terms of self-improvement. There is a reason he has been around for 25 years. You know, people call him a guru. He's an easy guy to pick on. But I'll tell you what, the guy's got it dialed in. I mean, he yeah. just, y- y- you follow the principles and practices out of that book. And, and you're a better person. And, you know, he's another family man, Joel and Ken, you know, he, that is a high priority for him. And so I'm a big Tony fan. I would love to go one of his live shows. And so yeah. I'm going to finish this game of popcorn with, with, with master of the giant within. Nice. Um, oh, all right. So we're coming up on time, Joel. We finish all the shows off. We used to call it the lightning round, but we made an executive decision to start calling it the fire round now because it's firing the man podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> we have the fire round and the, the first one. Well, first off, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. What's your favorite book? Favorite book. I mean, I read so much. It, that's a hard call. My favorite recent book is... Man, yeah, I read so many books. It's insane. I'm really enjoying Red Ocean or Blue Red Ocean, Blue Ocean. That book is insane. I, I don't even know if that's a real title of it, but oh yeah, it's Fire Round. So sorry, yes. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> no, uh, what are your hobbies? My hobbies, I build businesses and I love the hell out of it. Nice. Okay, so last one. What do you think sets apart successful e-commerce entrepreneurs from those who give up, fail, or never get started? doing something, anything, and keep doing it. And it's just learning. Just do it, learn, and keep moving. It's like, oh, that's not proof that it doesn't work. There's plenty of proof that it does. Just get at it, man. (laughs) I love it. Now, Joel, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, The best way to find me is on Instagram. If you guys want to reach out to me directly and see a lot of behind the scenes, my family and all that stuff is at Joel Bauer official. It's just the handle. Or you can find me at www.owningtheedge.com. Very nice. And we will post all of that information in the show notes. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in this week. And we'll see you next week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's Firing the Man podcast. If you like this episode, head on over to firingtheman.com and check out our resource library for exclusive Firing the Man discounts on popular e-commerce subscription services. That is firingtheman.com backslash resource. You can also find a comprehensive library of over 50 books that Ken and I have read in the last few years that have made a meaningful impact on our business. For that, head on over to www.firingtheman.com 
slash library. Lastly, check us out on social media at Firing the Man and on YouTube at Firing the Man for exclusive content. This is David Schomer and Ken Wilson. We're out. Before you go, we wanted to share a new service that Ken and I have been using called Getita that has made us over $10,000 in Amazon reimbursements. The service requires no monthly subscription and Getita collects a small percentage of the money they recover for you. It takes less than five minutes to set up and works on all Amazon marketplaces. Go to getita.com, G-E-T-I-D-A.com and enter promo code FTM400. That's FTM for Firing the Man 400 to get your first $400 in reimbursements commission free. How much money does Amazon owe you?